0: Hey guys, Ian here with another episode of Unleashed and Unhinged, the podcast where we talk about all things dog. Dog training, dog behavior, dog health, literally anything you can think about when it comes to dogs, we'll talk about on here. We hope you enjoy the episode. G'day everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. We are going to be talking today about things that we can, just some fundamentals that we can really do, um, to, like really simple things that we can do to improve our dog's lives and our lives with our dogs when it comes to our dogs. Because the more we understand these simple things, I say simple. They can be complex, but in their essence, they are super simple. Um, We will start to improve the quality of our dog's lives. And what we're going to start with today is enrichment. So understanding what enrichment is uh, and how to apply it um, and what value that brings into our dog's lives. I'm going to start on that last bit. What we're going to do is just, I'm going to just quickly highlight, you know, Whenever I'm looking at a dog's behavior, no matter what it is, the key is to look at it as information. They're telling us something, their behavior, what they're actually doing is telling us something and it's information for us to be able to use. I don't look at behavior through the lens of good and bad. I can look at it through the lens of wanted and unwanted, but not through a good behavior or a bad behavior. Because behavior is just behavior. They're not trying to do anything with their behavior other than communicate how they feel in that moment. And we can overcomplicate that a little bit. And that's how we end up overthinking it, overcomplicating it. But really, if we just look at our dog's behavior and go, hey, look, he's actually telling us how he feels, what he needs, what's missing. Um... And that from that baseline, we can then look at how do we help our dog? How do we change our dog's behavior to help ourselves? Um, and with that said, you know, ultimately, if they're communicating that they need something, then what we're looking at is there is a an enrichment need that is in deficit and What we can do is go, how do we fulfill that? So rather than looking at good behavior, bad behavior, I look at that and go, okay, he's communicating that he needs something and that is probably an enrichment need. And so then the onus comes back onto me to go, all right, how do I meet this enrichment need? So that then brings us on to what is enrichment? Because I think when a lot of people, when it comes to our dogs, we hear the word enrichment and... We're probably thinking about Kongs and licky mats and uh, snuffle mats um, and things like that. And all of those have got the potential to be um, enrichment things that we can give our dogs. But enrichment as a concept is so much broader than that. Because on a basic level, enrichment is anything that brings enrichment into the dog's life things that it needs to feel fulfilled. And as soon as one of them is in deficit, then the dog will start communicating that. And this will come into context more and more and more. Like, not all enrichment needs have been created equal. Now, Dr... I think it's Dr... Um, Emily Stronger and Ali Bender... Um, please excuse me if I got your titles wrong But those guys have founded Pet Harmony And this is a fant. They've written a great book um, Enrichment for the Real World Canine Enrichment for the Real World I recommend that everybody go out and read it Because it's a fantastic read And they've managed to do a fantastic job Of breaking down what enrichment is And what the enrichment needs of our dogs might be So Some ones to consider would be health and veterinary. And this is taking it directly from their list. Health and veterinary, hygiene, diet, nutrition, physical exercise, sensory stimulation, safety, security, instinctual behaviors, foraging, social interaction, mental exercise, independence, environmental and calming. And as you can see from that list how how nuanced it is, how complicated it could be, but if you think about it, that list is exactly the same as what ours are. As a living thing, we have the same fundamental needs, and not all enrichment needs were created equal. There's ones like uh, health um, and uh, their perception of their own safety. They come top of the list, you know. If as soon as, um, as soon as they are not met, as soon as the dog no longer feels safe, or they're in poor health, uh, a lot of everything else kind of goes down in the priority. Um, and that's where we always have to start when it comes to meeting our dog's enrichment needs. You know, when uh, as soon as they do go down, as soon as they're in deficit. That dogs will, as I said earlier, start to communicate that. So we might start seeing um, the dog get stressed, become fearful, become anxious, and then start communicating that. And that's where we start to see behaviors that maybe we look at as a problem. So behaviors like barking, growling, lunging, snapping. Are we looking at a dog that's doing bad behavior? Or are we doing a dog that feels the need to communicate how it feels? Because one of its enrichment needs has been compromised. And this is sh- this understanding for me has shaped everything I do with my dogs, the way I see dogs, the way I see people as well. I can be, I've found myself being far more forgiving. I have far more empathy towards living things in general Because I understand that they're not just being dicks. They're not just doing it because they feel like they have to. Sorry, they're not doing it because they feel like they want to. They're doing it because they feel like they have to. And it can get so bad that this is their only way or they're... Not their only way. This is the main way that they communicate. But that's because they feel like they have to. Like even with people, right? Like if you make somebody comfortable... And make them feel at ease, there's a chance that they're not going to be a dick. right? And yes, we hold on to emotional baggage far more than our dogs do, and our dogs get there a lot easier than us. But it does have this this understanding helps me um, understand where the dog is coming from. and really importantly, it really has stopped me using suppression. Of communication so trying to stop and correct and punish behavior because i don't want to stop the dog communicating how it feels i need to take ownership of the fact that this dog is in my care and i need to acknowledge okay what you have access to as a, as an individual, I control all of the resources. I control when you go out, who you see, what you're exposed to, where we go, every every little detail. Like when when do you eat, what toys do you have, when I, so many of the aspects of the dog's life are, um, are at my mercy, and so it's not on the dog. I shouldn't be holding the dog responsible. For communicating that one of its needs isn't met when I'm in control of whether or not its needs are met, so it has had a massive influence. Because coming from way back years ago, now a background of using aversives, punishment, um, and having to learn all of this, I didn't want to know. I didn't. I, I, went, I, I didn't want to know um, any of this. <laughs> when I was when I was starting out, because nobody likes being wrong, right? So it took me a while to kind of get my head around it. But when, it's through the study of behavior and understanding behavior that this sort of evolution of my understanding has, has come about. And it has shaped the way I ch- train, I teach people as well. I, you know, if somebody uh, has an objection to what I'm saying it's not necessarily personal it could be that something as simple as hearing new challenging information like I said I didn't want to be wrong so challenging information compromises my perception of what I know and that can be scary because we as soon as we don't know anymore we no longer have the security of knowing and so even just understanding this in terms of perception of control is a fundamental primary resource it's a fundamental enrichment need and so as soon as we take away somebody's control whether that person or a dog we potentially are taking away a their belief system and that can be challenging and it and they will likely communicate how they feel about that so when it comes to enrichment, what is enriching to the dog? Well, that's down to the individual. And these um, um, the Pet Harmony team did another amazing job of summarizing this once. And I think I heard it on another podcast, the Michael Shikashio By the End of the Dog podcast. Go and listen to that as well. It's incredible. But they summarized it with, unless it is actually enriching to the dog it is not enrichment so what i mean by that is you know you could be thinking that you're doing all the best things in the world for your dog but unless your dog is actually finding it enriching and it's up to, up to them to they don't you don't get to choose whether they do or not it's not enrichment so for example if your dog doesn't like balls but you keep leaving balls out for it to play with because I don't know why, like maybe your old dog liked balls or maybe you've got this idea that he what, liked a ball once but he's no longer engaging with it. There's a really high chance that for all your best well-intentioned efforts that your dog is not finding enrichment from the things that you're providing. Or maybe it's something you're doing with your dog. Maybe you think I need to take my dog for a walk because that's what we do with dogs And then, unless I'm a, you know, the traditional I must walk my dog, like that notion uh, I'm a bad dog or if I don't. But that idea, if you take your dog out on a walk, but then he ends up being compromised uh, mentally and emotionally, maybe you get scared or you take him to places where he gets frustrated or overwhelmed or frustrated, you're not adding anything of value to that dog's day. In fact, we're adding stresses. And so one of the fundamental reasons why we took him out to go for a walk was to bring value into his day. And... If we just don't listen to the dog and how he feels about it, and his behavior is telling us that's what I'm getting at earlier, that the way he behaves in these situations, or if sometimes if there's an absence of behavior, like with the ball, he's communicating whether or not it's enriching or not, whether or not he's taking value from it, whether or not he's finding it stressful, fearful, anxious, frustration. It's behavior is information for us to understand, and we must be adaptive and flexible to get it right for the dog there is many things when it comes to enrichment that we've got to take on board and we goal at the end of every day is to help our dogs feel like they're fulfilled and yes things like having a routine and predictability are, are fundamental but being so rigid in our ways and our routine that we lack flexibility and being able to adapt and pivot and listen to the situation in front of us means that we might end up having quite a brittle relationship and not meeting our dog's needs. So, this way of looking at dog behavior in general as an overview for me has changed so many things and I'd love your feedback at this point. I'm going to, what we're going to go through next time is how this applies, um, to how dogs learn. Um, but for now I'd love your feedback. I'd love to know, uh, what your takeaways from today were. I'd love to know what enrichment you've been providing for your dog, whether or not you, you, reflection you think this is working or it isn't and what you might change after hearing this Um, maybe you're actually just kicking goals and killing it so I'd love to hear about that too let's celebrate some wins together so have a think on that let me know and uh, we will see you all next week thanks so much for listening that's it for this week guys if you ever want to ask questions give feedback or just provide some suggestions regarding the podcast, find me on Ian Shivers, Dog Advocate on Instagram. I'll be happy to help. If you're feeling really generous, leave us a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this podcast on. And if you want to nerd out more with us, then find our sponsors because they're the ones that make all of this possible. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by canine caregivers i've had so many people reach out to me over the years not knowing where to turn to online for reliable and consistent advice on how to raise a healthy and happy dog the information out there is hard to navigate it's hard to know who to trust and who not to trust and frankly some of it is just downright dangerous that's why we created canine caregivers a place where you can come and get educational resources and access a supportive community founded on the care approach for people just like you, whether you've just brought a dog into your life or you've got a dog that is experiencing some unwanted behaviors. The content is updated regularly and we constantly keep in touch with our members to make sure that we are bringing relevant and up-to-date content that truly matters to you. There's different tiers of membership for different needs. So you can be sure that you don't have to break the bank to access the information that can literally make all the difference to the quality of life between you and your dog. Head to caninecaregivers.com.au to learn more.